All right, everybody, welcome to this bonus episode of We Gotta Talk. I am so excited about today's guest because I more or less bullied him into coming and talking about this topic. Today we have uh, Dana Lewis, host of Backstory with Dana Lewis, the podcast. He is a former foreign correspondent who was based in London. He spent time in Moscow, Jerusalem, and was also a national reporter in Canada, uh, reporting on Fox News, Al Jazeera, NBC, and other stations you most definitely have watched. So Dana, you bring a tremendous tremendous amount of perspective and experience to this very lighthearted topic. So thank you so much for coming on. Hi, Sunny. Nice to meet you. And I'm still a correspondent, so I'm not former. former. Oh, goodness. Okay, of course. So current correspondent. Um, yeah. So when we, we were first talking and we got connected through an outside source, I have been just really interested in dialing in a royal gossip with you because you have spent time living in London and have the perspective that so many of us Americans don't after sure. it's crazy. Shaking my head because I hate royal news. That's why. Do, do you truly? Can I tell you the whole history why I hate royal news? Because yeah, when I was a crime reporter in Toronto, I used to get assigned to go and do royal visits. And so we would follow around the queen or the queen mother. And uh, I hated those stories, honestly. You know, they went here. They were dressed in this kind of a, you know, a... a, a you know, fabric uh, pattern, floral <laughs> pattern with the hat and the hot dogs on Canada Day were like 30 cents. It was a big sale. I hated <laughs> those stories. Right. So now I have landed right in the middle of it. And on the night that Diana died, I was hosting CTV National News, which is the national news in Canada at 10 o'clock. So I had to continually break into programming uh, when when she was First of all, in the car accident, and then we were doing bulletins nationally as we were getting updates on her condition. So, yeah, the royal story and me, I, we, we have a long history. You know, yeah, in the news business, when you cover things, even entertainment adjacent, you're kind of like, you know, I'm not going to say people are looking, people aren't looking down on you, but they're like, oh, great day of work today. What did you do? Have a cappuccino while you watch the parade? I mean, it's not really, <laughs> but when you think about it, these beats that people cover, I mean, gosh, they're um, involved in more drama than most, maybe not life and death drama, but um it's certainly very juicy. And and I'm curious to get your thoughts right off the bat after this interview, which we saw with Oprah airing on Sunday night, just aired in the in the UK last night. So give me like a what's the pulse? What's the finger on the pulse of the discussion? Because I can tell you how it is here in America. Well, I mean, I've been watching the news in America, too. So, I mean, and I think there's probably um, an ocean of difference literally, but there is an ocean of difference opinion-wise. And that is because I think in America, she's a victim and she has come out on Oprah and she has been somebody who contemplated suicide, somebody um, who it looks like there were, you know, racist tones towards her uh, and Harry. And, you know, here, I think it's being digested very differently. And I, I think that is that she is opportunistic um, that she was not Princess Diana, however hard she would like that parallel to be drawn. Uh, she knew exactly what she was getting into. She was a 35-year-old divorcee uh, who, who had been married a couple times and, and knew exactly what the royals were and that she would be in a spotlight um, and that suddenly she just didn't like the negative press. She She wanted the positive press. She wanted to be covered by everybody. And she wanted to probably boost her career with it. Um, but when it came to the responsibility of the royals, she didn't want to participate in that. 
Um, and there were some tough stories about her and her family relationship, uh, which she then was was opposed to and felt picked on by the tabloids. And so, so it's it's kind of that she wanted it two two different ways. Right. Yeah. You want, wanted her cake and, and eat it too. Here's my question though, um, which I think many people, and I'm playing devil's advocate, not necessarily because I, I, I disagree entirely, but no, um, from, the pers from the perspective of um, her treatment in the press, I think we Americans have a difficult time understanding if there is in fact a different level of scrutiny, is there an element of racism that's not present? America has its own problems with racism, a discussion for a different day. But typically when you're looking at press coverage of high ranking people, especially government officials or those married to people in, in positions of power, you don't really see the outright hate that so many Americans say they saw in the British press. So number one, is it, that bad? Is there an element of racism that exists in the press that maybe over here we just think, weren't seeing because we I think Sonny, we have to be careful to kind of slice and dice this a bit, right? Racism right. is one issue. Depression is another issue. And then her treatment by the British press, mm -hmm. um, some will debate this with me, but her treatment by the British press and whether she wanted to be you know, in the tabloids, that's another issue. So, uh, and and there is some blending on the racism issue because she will say that she was treated differently by the tabloids than other royals have been treated by the tabloids. None of them very good, you know, when you add it all up, right? But ra racism, look, first of all, depression, let's get it out of the way. If she feels that she, if she was suicidal, which she says she was, so we can only assume that all of that is true, um, that's a horrible issue. And, you know, my heart goes out to her and she should have received help from the palace. They should have been able to somehow get that help to her. And I, I don't think too many people would debate this issue. But remember something. They are on the charity boards. I mean, Harry, Prince Harry was basically the poster child for some of the mental health programs here and raising money for charity. Are you telling me that they didn't know where to go? and that they couldn't get help themselves. I mean, she wasn't locked in a room, but okay. Well, that's fine. what she said. Remember, she said, you know, I, I came in and I handed over my driver's key or my, my car keys. I handed over my passport. It, it sounded like a, a hostage situation for lack of a better it's term. Ridiculous. That, it's ridiculous. It's, She's not a hostage. I mean, there were security concerns for her as any royal would have. And then she complained about not having security at one point. But I mean, of course, she was free to pick up a telephone and seek uh, help for any mental health problem. Uh, but look, she maybe she was desperate. Maybe she was not able to navigate that. And my heart goes out to her. And I think most of the nation does. On the race issue, what are we talking about? She says that Harry says, um, and we can only take them at their word, that somebody asked him what color um, will the baby be? And, and will the skin, you know, how brown will the skin be? And it may have been a stupid comment. In fact, her father appeared on ITV, one of the main news programs here this morning from Mexico and said he doesn't think that the royal family is racist. And he thinks that it was an innocent, stupid comment, probably. In, um, all fairness, from, in all fairness, coming from a white man who hasn't talked to his daughter in a while. And I'm not saying I'm Megan's number one fan, but we also consider the source there, right? And somebody who's not familiar with the royal family because he hasn't been right. here. He's never right. even met Harry. Exactly. So, but I mean, a lot of people will say, was it a racist comment? Regardless, I think that the palace has to deal with it head on, not ignore it. 
um, no stiff upper lip on this thing. I think they're going to have to come out and try and mm -hmm. deal with it. We can talk about that later, but they're going to have to acknowledge that they felt Harry, Prince Harry felt personally offended and so did Meghan. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think by any measure, most of the black community here would say it was racist, even being asked that. So, yeah. um, I mean, you know, fair enough for her to roll that out. Why did she put it out there? Why did she put it out on Oprah? I, I, a lot of people will question her motives that she's really with, with a velvet knife gone out to slice the heart out of the royal family. I think that's been the big issue and the big point of confusion for a lot of people is a couple asking for privacy next day meeting with the biggest interviewer in the world. Now, there is an element of wanting to get your version of the story out there, but it does truly begin a war of words that we've already started seeing people in um, representatives from Buckingham Palace saying that they're now investigating claims of bullying against her. That just happened to leak the night before the Oprah interview. So it seems to me like in trying to, at least by their claims, avoid any publicity. All they've done was start rolling the boulder down the hill. We got a whole mountainside to get down still. I mean, this is, they started a war of words. Yeah, I mean, I think that there are a number of issues there where they say that she was bullying staff inside the palace. Um, the fact that uh, the, she received, you know, these expensive, uh, you know, blood diamonds, they're being called from uh, the, the Saudi prince for, for the crown prince for her wedding, that she shouldn't have worn them and she was told not to wear them. And that became a controversy that she she wore them despite what she was being advised politically by the palace, that she wanted to wear the, the a priceless tiara to get her hair done, you know, prior to the wedding. And she, she was furious about that. I mean, they have started to paint her as somebody who is not a very nice person to deal with and was not a, a little bunny victim, but uh, had some fangs and was pretty tough uh, in her dealing with the staff. But at the same time, I think now, in the wake of that Oprah interview, Sonny, you know, they, they the palace has rolled back. They, they've stopped uh, any of that uh, counterpunch publicity. Mm -hmm. And I think they're now deciding what they need to do. So here's my question for you. As an American, what are we missing from this story about the British media and how they generally treat people's people and stories that might be different from what we're used to? Because that theme keeps coming back up is that we felt not protected against um, those forces, those evil forces in the media by the palace. That was the recurring theme. So what is so bad? What is so different about your press over there than what we have over here. Well, I mean, there are parallels too, right? I mean, there are private lives of politicians that have taken turns in America uh, where the you know press and, and snappers, photographers are all over their front lawn for having an affair, for, for, you know, for drugs, for some other controversy, uh, and they chase them down. And I think that, you know, I th there are different groups of media and, you know, I don't like people's personal stories. I, I think people are entitled to their personal life, and I'm not interested in knowing who they sleep with and, uh, you know, what their habits are. I, and it's just, to me, it's cheaper journalism that I've never been interested in. But at the same time, look, these people are tourist attractions. They sell their persona um, to for for millions and millions and billions of dollars, um, and they are you know figureheads and personalities and symbols. 
So if they're going to participate in that, which she started to participate in, which Prince Harry participated in, um, then, you know, with the good comes coverage of the bad. And in this case, it happened to be some of her personality and, and in the end, some of the things that she did with her father, who was doing media interviews and was seeking media attention um, and admitted in, the, admitted in the interview uh, on ITV this morning here uh, that he, in fact, lied to Megan at one point and didn't tell her that he had agreed to do those interviews. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she, you know, again, we come back to this. She doesn't want any press. They want to be the prince and princess of privacy uh, when it suits them. But then when they're when they're out for contracts and they want to make money, they're pushing out into the press. And she has just aired that dirty laundry on Oprah. I mean, the, the you know, in incredible open terms, right? She didn't have to do that. So why did she do it? I mean, obviously she did it because she's furious with the tabloids and she wants to get even. And this was a, a knockout punch of sorts, of sorts. What did you make of the comment when Harry said, I've always been trapped, but I just didn't realize it? Well, you know, royal family, the, those poor people trapped in those palaces with uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's it's a it's a heck of a trap, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people are we to really cry for them. I think that's why I have trouble with the royal families. But yeah, he was born into this. He didn't choose it. Um, little Harry, you know, walking through the streets behind the casket of his mother, Princess Diana, after she was literally chased down to death, you can argue, by the paparazzi in Paris after she had, you know, uh, a new boyfriend and was planning probably a new wedding to, to Dori Al-Fayed. Um, so, you know, he, he's had a rough ride and they pleaded with the media after that, leave us alone. Like leave our families alone when we don't want to be chased. And there was a change after that, Sonny, right? That you do not see, um, you know, most of the grandchildren and, you know, pictured and chased by the paparazzi the way you used to. So there have been restrictions and the reins have been pulled back uh, on British media. But look, why are you doing the podcast on this? And why am I going to do a podcast later on in this? We know that royals are extremely topical. When MSNBC launched their 24-hour news channel um, out of New York, Brian Williams couldn't get a viewer, you know, and then suddenly uh, with, with the death of Diana, their ratings soared. And so there is this great romance between even Americans and the royal family. It's worth a lot of money. Um, it's personality-driven news that people tune in for. I want to tap into your perspective on differences in, in, in personalities, of course, realizing that we all are individuals, but we're largely um, sort of shaped by the cultures and environments that we grow up in. Having worked internationally from an American perspective for so long, London, Moscow, um, Jerusalem, you have experienced ways that are decidedly very un-American of living. And <laughs> only as, a, and I'm only speaking as someone born and raised in the US, um, that it, royal life did not interest or fascinate me in the least until there was the connection between one of our own to this. So what do you want or do you think Americans should know about what kind of system or different rules we're dealing with? My take when I talked to my friends about it was, um, and, and probably the reason for the different reception of the interview in, in the respective countries is that this is, it's in our blood to be um, outspoken. There is no stiffer up, upper lip in America. We will give you a bloody lip in America. So <laughs> I was like, no, from this perspective, many people looked at this as her just kind of letting loose of what she always was, which is an independent woman. But I, I 
there is a true um, difference that was revealed that we've always known was there, but it's just in stark contrast now. You have one of your own in 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 the UK, not yours specifically, but married now to someone who is truly American, and you finally see, oh gosh, we are really different, actually. At the end of the day, I mean, I think we're probably the same on mental health issues. We're you know the universally on on uh, on on issues of race. Uh, hopefully right. we the all abhor somebody asking about the skin color of an unborn baby. I mean, for God's sake, right? I think the no normal people that, that, you know, by any measure and expectation, um, that's just wrong. I think that Americans have this fairy tale romance with the, the palace uh, in Britain because it is, you know, fairy tale weddings and horse-drawn carriages and lovely gowns and and shimmering tiaras and you know good-looking men in uniform and uh, you know it's it's Disney right and uh, and I think here the history with the royal family is much different. I mean, this is a a monarchy that that now has become a you know a democracy, uh, and there's a lot of resentment towards the royals. There's a lot of resentment towards the the empire and uh, colonialism. Um, so the the you know the, the there's there's a lot of tarnished relationship between the palace and the people. Now, having said that, when she put out this idea, this is another big criticism of her. When she put out the whole issue of you know Harry being told a, a question about the the skin tone of the unborn baby um, and and racism, you know, they weren't specific and they still have not been specific about who said that they have tarnished and sprayed like a shotgun, the entire Royal family. And, and only did Oprah come out and clarify that it wasn't the queen, uh, mm -hmm. and it wasn't the Duke of Edinburgh, uh, Prince Harry's grandfather. Um, and, and that's really important because I, I don't think in general that the Royal family, is racist. There, there are some people, though, would, that would say there's a lot of hidden bigotry um, in England. And, you know, Americans just never knew that about the UK. Of course, there have been race issues here. There have been riots here. Uh, there have been, George, you know, George Floyd uh, protests here in, in sympathy. There have been their own cases with police, white policemen and, and black uh, people in the street here. So, you know, I, it's probably this naive I think view of the UK from afar, from across the Atlantic. Yeah. And when you're right. here, you understand the romance with the Royal family doesn't run very deep. Here. Oh, that's so fascinating. You're right. It's, it's, it's Disney culture versus reality. I'm sure it's, there are some cases to be made in that reverse direction for things that people think that are great about America that we're like, no, let me tell you the real story. Um, what does the palace <laughs> do? What does the palace do next in regards to that particular claim, which I think we all agree was the most incendiary of the bunch, the question about the baby skin color, because we know it doesn't land specifically on the queen or her husband. It does then in turn implicate other, the yeah. bigger players sort of more intensely. So what do they do next? And do they have to respond? Well, the philosophy is never complain, never explain, <laughs> but, in this case, it is a firestorm. And I think listening to some of the royal reporters who have been in newspapers and on television, uh, and that's all they do is cover that beat. Uh, they say that, first of all, all the cell phones went dead in the last 24 hours um, and that uh, they're going to have to come out and say something. 
they're going to have to come out and put the fire out. Who does it? Is it is it Prince Charles, the the heir to the throne? Is it Prince William about his brother? Um, is is it the Queen? Which you know, I mean, she's ninety four years old, right? And I think that's where a lot of people in Britain are furious that this is affecting her and affecting uh, her husband, who is in hospital recovering from a heart operation, who's ninety nine years old, right? So. Um, they they feel it's been unfair to the queen and loyalty here to the queen, um, you know, is is as she's gotten older, a lot of people, you know, love her. And I think that's why Meghan has not garnered any love back across the Atlantic with her allegations that have put the queen under tremendous stress. But to answer your question, sorry, I think they do need to come out and say something. And uh, what that's going to be, I, I think, you know, they they will they take the one track, which is, you know, Megan was no angel and we don't support these allegations and it will it be defensive. Will they be, will they counter punch? I somehow doubt it. I think anybody in public relations who is advising them uh, would probably tell them that what they need to do is say, we will get our house in order. If there's any racism, we'll deal with it. Um, if there's on the mental health issues, uh, you know, we support Megan and anybody else in the royal family, and we will make sure and investigate that, that the access to to help if somebody wants if needs it um, is is much easier to come by. Was there any moment that stood out to you in the interview, for better or for worse, whether it was something agitating or um, eye opening, aside from what we just covered? with a comment in regards to the baby? No, I don't. I mean, I, I don't, nothing caught my attention after this, the, the whole issue yeah. about skin color and Oprah's reaction, however theatrical that was. Yeah, I, I will say, I feel that she did a pretty good job in holding accountable in, in some of the smaller moments. Do you think, it's interesting to me, do you think, here I'll put you on the spot, that yeah. Oprah didn't know that was gonna come out? Or do you think that, do you think it just rolled out in the interview? I don't it's interesting. Think knew it. I th it's my personal belief with <clears throat> absolutely no evidence to support it, that they have had a relationship, her and Megan. Clearly their interactions on social media have indicated that. The, when Oprah went on CBS this morning, the next day afterward and, and made some comments about the interview, it's, it's my impression that while she views them in a friendly way, I didn't get an overly buddy-buddy sense. I did a little bit. I felt like at the end of the day, she's choosing their side, but I do think she drilled down where necessary on follow-ups. Why didn't she drill down on that, though? I mean, that, that would be... I wish, you know... And, and I'm not asking that myself, but a lot of people here, commentators are asking, why didn't she drill down on that comment? I mean, what did it mean? Was it just some stupid comment, or right. was it racist? And right. what was it intended for? And who said it? And if you can't tell us the exact person... Then tell us, you know, I mean, I don't think she gave, I don't think she took it a task on any of the other issues yeah. about what happened inside the palace either. And I, you know, Megan was not, Megan was not having to defend herself in any way, right? And that wasn't the True. idea of the interview. Well, frankly, I was surprised too that there was no discussion about the complete severing of relationships on Megan's side of the family. I've always said from a personal standpoint, and this has nothing to do with someone being a royal or a celebrity, but when you put two people together and 
Suddenly, the chains that bound them, familial ties, relationships, friendships of the past have all fallen by the wayside and all you have left is each other. That's dangerous. And I think any therapist will tell you that, any psychologist, anyone who has any experience in relationships will tell you when people isolate themselves on an island, an emotional island, I think that that's bad news. I jokingly said, I sure hope their marriage is great because nobody's talking to them after this <laughs> interview. And this is just coming from a, a married person's perspective and a person no. who understands I mean, how relationships work, I feel that there is danger in the way that they position themselves like this. Dysfunctional family, dysfunctional family, whether yeah. it's in a palace or wherever it is, right? right. And, uh, and where do they go from here? But I, you know, I think they, they, they left here with a lot of money and they left here yeah. uh, seeking a very public profile. And that's exactly what they have struck. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hideous. Uh, for a lot of British right. supporters of the royal family and for the royal family itself. But, you know, I mean, what what a splash in America they've made. And here. Oh, goodness. Yeah, for sure. Is there is there hope wide, hope widespread or in, when you have your ear to the ground, just kind of out and about in London and that people want Harry and Meghan to ever come back? Is, is the homecoming now officially dashed? Any hope for a, a happy togetherness again? I mean, I think there's an affection for Prince Harry, right? And I, I think that, you know, people are troubled by the fact that he's not talking to his brother, Prince William. Right. Um, and Prince William will eventually become the king here. And I, I, I think, you know, after Prince Charles, it's Prince William and then Prince William's children. Harry is not in line to the throne anymore. Uh, but I think, you know, the nation loves those boys and they saw them, you know, more than two decades ago, uh, you know, children that were, 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 you know, dashed by the death of their, their mother, Diana. I mean, and so publicly and so, and there's still a lot of affection for them. Megan, different story. You know, as we wrap here, cause I know you have a few minutes left just a little armchair psychological evaluation on my end. I see in Harry, a man who was unable to protect the other woman that he loved most in his life now rushing to the next target of affection and doing that with her. And there's a, there's a blindness there, I think, and a desire to only see when you are so entrenched in just protection and just preserving that you miss some of the finer points of, of discussions or arguments because you're so focused. I think he, he felt like he would never could protect his mom. And so he's going to just put all of that toward her now. And I think you could just add doctor to your name. I think you just, <laughs> you, you've, you hit it, you know, I mean, that's uh, good analysis, very deep, but uh, you know, why didn't he protect the rest of his family? Right. And right. so a lot of people think, okay, Megan. Yeah. You know, she's never, she didn't like the Royal family. Probably she, got into, I mean, one of the commentators uh, said this morning on TV, you know, Megan came here looking to to marry, you know, into the Kardashians and found herself in, in the Windsor family. And which I thought was quite nasty. Um, and he was taking a task on it. He is a well-known editor here of a newspaper, but um, you know, nobody, ex nobody expects from her, probably not what we got, but nobody expects her great loyalty to the royal family. But but Prince Harry, I mean, the, the idea that he wouldn't protect the queen and you know his grandmother and his grandfather and his brother better than that, I I, I think your theory is pretty good on uh, you know maybe some of the baggage he's carrying around and and how that has you know is affecting him mentally, psychologically. Yeah. Um, one final question before we sign off here, Dana. Um, what did you make of the whole? It splashed this morning when Pierce Morgan walked off set after. <laughs> if, for, for the backstory, anyone who doesn't know, they were um, having a little on-air 
roundtable discussion on, on the morning show that he's on and a, a colleague came on and said, you know what, Pierce, you're just a bully and you've always had a thing. Um, you've always had it out for Megan ever since you stopped being friends with you and you stood up and you walked I out. Mean, Pierce is a drama queen. You know, he's, he's a member <laughs> of his own royal family. But I mean, for people that don't know who Pierce Morgan is, he he took over for CNN Larry's King and he hosted his own show. And then he came back here. He hosts the morning show here on ITV. He is a ferocious adversarial host who chews up government ministers by the day. A lot of people won't even appear on his show. They boy the government boycotted his show for a while. But he was <laughs> particularly defense or oh, they boycotted it for like four months or five months during the COVID-19 like crisis. A good thing or a bad thing as a journalist, do you think, Dana? Would you want to, does well, that mean I'm, he's like asking the right questions or the wrong ones? You know, and again, you know, Pierce is a drama drama guy and he every day posted how many days they haven't been on. And uh, so, I, I mean, he, but I mean, he's quite a, he's a very good interviewer. And so this morning he had his weatherman um, appear who is of mixed race and, the, the weatherman, you know, started to talk about the fact that he has had the same, I don't think Pierce is racist in any way, and often speaks out on, for the Black and, and, in, and in front and on behalf of the Black community. But, I mean, he he this morning started to interview the weatherman, and I think he was surprised by the fact that rather than just talk about, you know, mixed race issues and his affinity for Megan's hurt and, and Prince Harry's uh you know, wounding of, of being asked about the, the, the color of the, the, the child's skin. Um, he suddenly tore into Pierce Morgan and, and uh, you know, criticized him for the way Pierce very critically came out yesterday um, in the wake of the airing of the program and said, uh, you know, I'm sickened by what I had to watch. This is a two-hour trash-a-thon of our royal family um, they trashed everybody. They basically made our royal family a bunch of white supremacists by this race bombshell. They didn't name which one it was. Uh, just throw it out so anybody could be, well, you know, you better say it fast. He then, he then said he didn't believe uh, her account of considering suicide. I mean, he came up with some pretty controversial things. So the weatherman called him out this morning and said, you've trashed the royal family. And he got up and walked off his own set. I don't have to take this. That's a new one on me. I've seen lots of guests. So have you, right? You've seen lots of guests oh walk God. out. But anyway, he came back. He came oh, back. He after, okay. And then he sat through the rest of his show. So, you know, he uh, Pierce made sure it got on Instagram and Twitter and and uh, I think. But, you know, anyway, I, I think he, he came out too strong in defense of the Royals. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There was a the, the most diva moment I ever saw was an anchor kicking over a printer during a live newscast. That doesn't necessarily hit as high of a note as walking out on your own show. But, you know, we're dramatic TV people. Um, Data, I'm so. Is this where you stand up and walk out? This fiery American, um, you have been such a sport for doing this and I'm truly grateful for your time. Please tell us, Dana, where we can um, find more of you and your show as well. Actually, you owe me getting me to talk about Royals now for 30 <laughs> minutes. So I think uh, we, I run a podcast called Backstory with Dana Lewis and it's everywhere on Apple and Stitcher and same, same as yours. And uh, so we do a lot of international news. We are doing one Royal story. But we mainly do international news. We've just done a piece on uh, 
Israel and uh, Palestinians and the fact that the ICC, the International Criminal Court, is now saying they're going to investigate war crimes inside the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, which has Israel completely furious. We just did another thing on nuclear arms. We do a lot on Russia. Um, so if you like international news, it's, yes. it's a, it's a good I, I, I would. I would love to circle back and do an episode on Russia and just all of the crazy things that you I'm have. here. No. I'm here. Let's do no, it. No, okay. Well, we, we will circle back, Dana. Again, thank you so much for your time today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Sunny. Bye-bye.